You're listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes at Lyric Opera of Chicago. Backstage at Lyric features in-depth interviews with singers, conductors, and creative talents at one of the world's great opera companies. For additional podcast interviews, subscribe to our RSS feed or visit us online at lyricopera.org. Soprano Erin Wall is backstage at Lyric. In terms of sheer vocalism, it's, it gives you kind of everything you want in terms of my character. But almost, you know, everybody get you get an aria or two arias or three arias. Yes. <laughs> but the soprano and the tenor, we overdo it. We have three, <laughs> um, you know, beautiful duets. But there's also that wonderful mixture of the comic and the serious. And as usual, I'm never funny, but I'm just being serious. <laughs> Thank you for downloading this episode of Backstage at Lyric. I'm Roger Pines of Lyric Opera of Chicago. I'll be speaking with Aaron Wall, who's won enormous praise internationally, especially in the Mozart repertoire. She's returning to Lyric Opera this season to sing the exceptionally demanding role of Constanza in our new production of Mozart's The Abduction from the Seraglio. Before we hear the interview, here's the story of the opera. Constanza is a Spanish noblewoman, betrothed to Belmonte. While making a sea voyage, Constanza, her maid Blonda, and Belmonte's servant Pedrillo are captured by pirates and sold to Turkey's Pasha Zalim. Belmonte comes to the palace to rescue Constanza, who is now part of the Pasha's harem. She has to repeatedly force herself to resist his declarations of love. Pedrillo helps his master to get past Osmin, the Pasha's bumbling overseer, who guards the gates of the palace. Pedrillo arranges a late-night reunion between Belmonte and Constanza, and plans are made for the noble couple and their servants to escape. Pedrillo manages to get Osmin drunk, and the overseer falls asleep. He awakens, however, just as the escape is proceeding. Osmin, who has had designs on Blonda, is especially gleeful once he has captured her and the other three Europeans. He alerts the Pasha, who, upon questioning Belmonte, discovers that the young nobleman is the son of his own worst enemy. He initially plans to have Belmonte and Constanza executed, but he then relents, allowing the two couples to return home. Now, on to the interview with Aaron Wall. I hope you enjoy it. I'm here with Aaron Wall, who is coming back to us this season to sing Constanza in the Abduction from the Seraglio, our new production. How are you? It's so great to see you. It's good to see you, too. You know, your being in this role just takes me back to your audition in to get into the Opera Center. You're one of our distinguished alumni. Do you remember that first time you set foot oh, on our absolutely. stage? Absolutely. What was <laughs> that etched, like? Etched in my brain for yeah. life, I think. Um, so here you are sort of boxing the compass of the Mozart, the big Mozart roles, because you've done Donna Anna and Don Giovanni, Fiordeligi and Cosi Fantute, both of those roles here at Lyric, mm-hmm. as well as elsewhere. And then Pamina and the Magic Flute mm-hmm. and, Contessa. and Contessa, the Countess and Marriage of Figaro, and now Constanza. So those are the Mozart big five. Is that sort I of I didn't a- even think about it until yeah. you brought the question yeah. up. But yeah, they are. That is kind of, for me, I think that will be my big five, maybe not for somebody else. Absolutely. They're definitely my big five. Then what is it about Mozart that works for you, that keeps you coming back to him? Does it just feel good? Yeah, when you do it right, it that there is a certain. I guess there's a certain satisfaction. It's be, it's it's difficult simplicity. I guess so. It um, it takes a lot to do it well, and I guess when when we feel like we've sort of achieved that goal, it's very satisfying. Well, but what? How how is it that Mozart suits you personally so well? Is well, there's it, some of it that suits me better than others. Of the five, 
it seems to me that Constanza has sort of everything that works so well for your particular voice. Yeah, I'm having, I'm actually enjoying it even more than I, I, I was always excited to do it, but I'm enjoying it even more than I thought I would because it's, it's perilous. <laughs> but at the same time, it, it also, you really get to, uh, to open up in a higher area of the voice than in most of the other Mozart roles that I sing. You get to stay, the, the peril is that you're, you're up there longer, but it's also, it's also a lot of fun. I don't feel like I have to hold back. Even singing Traurigkeit, which is the, the more the still, secondary. the secondary, which is the more still and quiet of the three, I still feel like I'm, you know, sort of all cylinders go without screaming at the top of my lungs. I still, I feel like I'm, it's full throated all the way through. So, and she, I mean, she is technically probably the hardest of the five, and yet it's so easy for you to manage her. Oh, oh you think there's another one that demands even well, but more? But I think of it just—it's a personal thing. Yeah. It's a personal thing from voice to voice. I found Fiordaligi technically difficult because I had a difficulty navigating the low, the lower area yes. of the role. And for me, Constance, although it's technically difficult to navigate, it's—it's—it's it's, it's in a higher area of the voice. So, I mean, it takes so much to sing Mozart, even though it's—I mean, if you're doing it well, I suppose it sounds sort of deceptively simple to us. So, what made you sort of realize? Oh, I have the equipment to do this well, this repertoire. Was that some sort of, did you have a sort of revelatory moment in that way, or did you? Not so much. We, we get given Mozart as students, and it's really <laughs> a lot of times a bad idea because it does sound simple, and we're able to learn, you know, melodically Mozart easily. But I guess the first time, like, I really felt like, hmm, this is something I might be good at, was, was learning First Lady, which actually in kind Magic of sits... Flute. In Magic Flute. which actually sits in a kind of... It's, it kind of sits in the Constanza spot a little bit. It's, it's, it stays high, yes. especially the first step. Yes. Quintet, and I kind of thought, wow, this is really... This is really... That was actually a lot of fun, you know, learning that. Um, well, who is Constanza, and what is she doing in Turkey? <laughs> she shipwrecked <laughs> with, her, with her English, uh, you know, companion, Blonda. Blonda. So um, she's kind of a noble Spanish lady. Do you ever think of why she was on the ship in the first place, where she was actually going? I haven't really. <laughs> I mean, where were, like, were we on a three-hour cruise? What were we doing, you know? <laughs> um, she is the prisoner of... The, the Pasha. Pasha. Yes, she is. So are her feelings about him just a little complicated? Yeah, we're What's really, going on? we're going for that angle. I think they, they are a little complicated. She's been separated from Belmonte, you know, for a couple of weeks her now. Fiance, her fiancé. Her yeah. fiancé, who she's, who she's, you know, ostensibly pining after. But we're trying to make Pasha in this show, you know, someone a little mysterious and... Who is in love with her. Who's very much in love with her and he keeps, you know, he's throwing himself at her feet sort of in a restrained way saying, you know, come on, you know, you have to, you have to love me. You're in my power. Aren't you afraid of me? But he also, you know, I think the thing that really holds her back is he goes, every time she says no, he starts to get, at first he says, well, I want you to come to me. But then as the show progresses, he starts to get more and more angry and he says, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to torture you if you won't love me. She says, why don't you just kill me? And he says, no, 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 I won't kill you. I'll just torture you. So... You know, and he doesn't sing. We're really going, especially for that sort of that. Ma- that's maybe what's holding Constanza back from. You know, if he could sing yeah. to her and tell her how much he loves her, but he speaks all of his way, lines. But he speaks all of his lines. Yeah. yeah, I was reading that. That wasn't originally that. They, there's been conjecture that that wasn't maybe originally what what Mozart was going to do with him, but that he couldn't get the singer he wanted for the Pasha. So that's kind of interesting. Now, as far as Belmonte, do you think that she and Belmonte will actually, I mean, they go off together at the end. Yeah, they ride off the Are they going to be ha- live happily ever after? I think so, but I think she might sit around the house some days and kind of remember her adventures. Aha, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> because it's kind of, it opens her eyes to a whole different world. 
Um, do you think, I mean, in thinking about how your role is worked out through the opera, you have two very challenging arias, and they are basically back-to-back. I mean, back-to-back. there are a couple of spoken lines between, and then you sing the second, which is even harder than the, the previous one. So was he being cruel, Mozart, doing this to the soprano, do you think? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. He was. So there, there are always times as a Mozart soprano in Fiordaligi and Constance <laughs> when you go, what would you know? What was he thinking? I would kill to hear you know how it sounded back in the you know in the 1700s. Do so. you have a favorite moment in this role? Absolutely. What is that? <laughs> it's Wenn unsere Ehre wegen the, the, what the is quartet. That? It's in the the middle section of the quartet. The middle section of the quartet. Yeah. Why is that your favorite moment? It's, just, it's the most heavenly music ever written. Oh it's wow! It's gorgeous, and it's funny because it's it sounds very beautiful and very. Ethereal is not the right word, but it sounds sublime, and yet we're all very angry with each other. That's what the the, the great joke of it all. Oh, because the four characters is... are very angry. The, the men have accused the women of being unfaithful while they were gone, and the we, women are saying this is absolutely this won't do at all, you know. And yet you're singing this beautiful A major music. It's gorgeous. Can you give us an idea of what this production is actually going to be like? I mean, what visually? I mean, what is it going to look like? Well, we we start off very uh, stylized in a in a in a theater a, a theater within the theater mm-hmm. and very. We're, we're, we're being very presentational in the way that we're performing. Um, mm-hmm. And as the show goes on, slowly bits and bits and pieces are, are taken away. Uh-huh. So by Act 3, all you have is, is the, the stage and a door that we're entering and exiting through. And um, that's, that's pretty much all that's – and some chairs. So, so as, as the emotions sort of get more bared, the, um, as we bear the emotions, uh, the visuals go away. Which means that it's up to you as performers to fill the stage with yeah. personality. It's less about the show and more about the characters right. and the performers right. and the music, obviously. Um, was it a surprise to you when people at Lyric offered you this role? Or was it something that you really thought was going to come your way? Oh, no. it was, it, And it wasn't just offered. I auditioned for it. Yeah. Several times. Several <laughs> so, times. Yes. I think Constance is not the kind of role where you just give it to someone and take their word for it that they can <laughs> sing it. And, and rightly so. And rightly so. No, I auditioned. Now, so. you and your leading man in this, Matthew Polanzani, are both alumni of our Brian Opera Center. Proud alumni. <laughs> but your years here didn't quite overlap. No, but not have at you, all. Have you sung together before? Not um, at the same time. We were both just in Los Angeles um, in a production of Magic Flute at, at L.A. Opera, but we were in separate casts. <laughs> so we met and we were we did a few rehearsals together, but we didn't actually um, end up on stage together. What makes him such a pleasure to sing with? Oh, he's a just he's a fantastic singer to begin with, and he's also a just absolute no BS colleague. You know, he's accommodating, and it, that makes you accommodating. And there's there's no drama. He doesn't come into rehearsal tearing out his hair every day, and and we just. <laughs> We get along very well. What so. I find so extraordinary is just the sheer musicality of sheer what he musicality. does, which is in a class and he's by itself. humble as well, which is... Um, now, you have a very special association with our music director and conductor, Sir Andrew Davis. Tell us a bit about that and how, uh, what kind of collaboration that you've been able to... Uh, to do with him in, in various places. I think he's conducted almost every show that I've been in at Lyric Opera, save maybe two shows. So, um, and that's, of course, I met Maestro when we first arrived as apprentices and we auditioned for him. And I think the first time we actually, he actually was 
conducting was at a rehearsal for Grant Park the first year I was in the mm-hmm. program. So, but he also is responsible. <laughs> he's responsible for so many things. He's responsible for my European concert debut. I did the War Requiem with him and the London Symphony, which to me was one of the most intimidating experiences of my entire lifetime. Um, I'm trying to think. And you've done some Mahler with him? Was there a Mahler second? Oh, we did. We did yes. a Mahler second in Toronto about two years ago right. with another alumna of the program, Meredith Arwoody. So, right. Yeah, it was a... And well, what do you most value in this work with him, in looking at him just purely as a musician? He's a collaborator. He's a, he's a, not all conductors are collaborators, but he um, there's always there's always a chance to to have discussion and dialogue about what's going on. He he what he what he wants to do the best he can for you, and at the same time, he has strong ideas about what he wants that help hold everything together. Right. So. Now, you are collaborating in the very near future we on are. a rather important <laughs> project. Tell us about that. That's uh, the Midsummer Night's Dream of Benjamin Britten, and it's at La Scala in Milano. So your debut there. It's my debut. Have yeah. you ever been in Milan before? I have not. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm really excited. <laughs> um, well, what else can you tell our listeners about abduction just as a piece and, and the appeal of it and what makes it such a special experience in the opera house? In terms of sheer vocalism, it's, it gives you kind of everything you want in terms of my character. But almost, you know, everybody get you get it an aria or two arias or three arias. Yes. <laughs> but the soprano and the tenor, we overdo it. We have three, <laughs> um, you know, beautiful duets. You know, but there's but there's also that that wonderful mixture of the comic and the and the and the, the serious. Right. So you know, and as usual, I'm never funny, but just being serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, someday I'm sure I've, a, a funny role will come along. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'll do Rosalinda and Flater Mouse sometime. One, the greatest or... joy of my entire year was I managed to deliver one line of dialogue in in Pamina in. LA where, where I actually like changed something and made the audience laugh and I now I get why people do comedy because that's intoxicating when you <laughs> when you know that you did something funny but rarely do like you know as all these as Donna Anna you never get to do it no. you know <laughs> um, you rarely get to do it we should talk a bit about your association with this company I mean what was do you think most valuable in your years at the Opera Center I mean in, in terms of lessons that you carry with you now that you're out in the world singing internationally okay. <laughs> how much time do you have yeah. um there are so many well first off you you learn how to prop and I'll say this, you know, maybe all apprentices should know, you're, you'll never work harder in your entire life than you do when you're in the opera center. And you learn, you learn the most, one of the most valuable things was how to juggle three or four different pieces at the same time to cover, you know, maybe you're covering a small role and a big role and learning a third, but you have to learn, you have to learn how to, to be ready for whatever is thrown at you. But you also learn, you have these ideas coming out of school about what professional singers are. And I had this idea that everyone was always perfect all the time. <laughs> And did everything right, and and you have you have these very odd ideas about what it's going to be like, and and being in the program and getting to understudy and to sit in a lot of rehearsals and see the difference between every show. You 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 come to see that everybody is not perfect when they show up, and, but that some people get there and that some people don't. You get to see this this you see how how really how difficult it is. You know, you we have this. I I don't know. I had really wrong ideas in my head about what what a career would be like. You get to see that it's not as as glamorous as most people think it is. The as most well. Important thing, I suppose, it's all about preparation. It's about preparation. Yeah. yeah if you show up, if you, if you show up well prepared, you're you're usually going to be all right. right. <laughs> you're going to be fine, no matter what gets thrown at you. But uh, you were still in the opera center when you had the amazing experience of 
going on in Don Giovanni, correct? I was not. You were not in the opera I center. I was just freshly graduated. Freshly, okay. It was about six months after, okay. after, after, after I finished. But you went on for Carita Matala as Donna Anna to open the 50th anniversary <laughs> season in Don Giovanni. How much preparation did you have for that? A pretty good amount. Okay. A pretty good amount. I got. We were. Um. They told when they came to tell me that it might happen. Uh, I was. We were in a cover run through. So, <laughs> so I was like, well, it couldn't. You know, it's it's great when a singer gets sick at the beginning of a run because as a cover, it's much fresher in your head when you've just come out of rehearsals. Then, if they get sick in show number ten and you haven't, you know, you usually as a cover, you come to every, you know, sometimes come to every show or come to every second or third just because you have to keep it in your mind. So you had mind. something like twenty four hours notice that that was going to happen. Well, I had warning the day before, and I then see. it wasn't confirmed till the day of but yeah so so and they pre, you know and then they prepared me even better by giving me a costume fitting and a wig fitting and 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 a, a session with the Meister Eschenbach so Meister Eschenbach came on down and so I felt really well so about was, that was about as ideal as you're ever going to get right. being a cover and getting to go so it was on. all in a day's work it, it was yeah. <laughs> it was and the adrenaline helps too so now you've been everywhere since then I mean you sang in France with Jesse Norman and you sang <laughs> In London with Sir Andrew, as you mentioned, you've done Cosi Fantouti in Paris and Vienna and Aix-en-Provence and all of these great engagements. So has there been a moment up to now where you've said, wow, this is sort of what I dreamed about and now it's actually happening? Yeah, I think probably Daphne in Santa Fe. Oh, was just oh absolutely, yeah, that was really a high point, wasn't it? That was a high point. It was it was the most up up until Constanza the most difficult thing I've ever sung and and I'll, my curtain call that that first night just was like it's the thing, it's the kind of thing you dream about because I felt like I'd worked really hard for it and I felt like what the the recognition that came was that I actually deserved there are days when I get up there and I'm like oh god really no it it wasn't but um but that and that was just that was su- that was just a very uplifting experience it's just it's like a dream role for me so which will probably lead to more Richard Strauss in the future. Yes. Absolutely. 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 Now, even though your opera center days are behind you, you still live in Chicago. I do. do you think you'll stay? Yes. Wonderful. Yeah, I love it here. That's great. So, when I whenever I speak with singers who are Chicago residents, I'm always really curious as to where they hang out and <laughs> whether they they're joggers or they're theater goers or they're people who spend time in great restaurants. I mean, when you've got a, a fair amount of free time, a couple of days when you're here, what are your general you know, pursuits? Pursuits. Um, I go to my sister's house a lot because she lives here as well. So, but um, I run. I like to run up and down the lakefront. So that's one of my. Uh, that's sort of one of my favorite weekend run is to kind of run from my house out to the lake and up and down, even in the cold, which I really really like. Um, there's a breakfast place in my neighborhood that I really like to go to called Over Easy. It's right around the corner from my house. So on the weekdays there's not a line. On the weekends there. there so is. so you're sort of. Dream day of leisure in Chicago. What do you think you would be doing? Oh, I would sleep really late, <laughs> and then you know, um, have a coffee, and then maybe go to a, like a brunch. And then in the afternoon, I would either I don't know, I would go for a walk or go for a run, and then maybe go to like um, I like Cafe Twenty Eight, the Cuban place up on Irving Park. That would be a nice way to end the dinner. Have some mojitos, and <laughs> some really delicious Cuban food. Well, we know that this abduction is going to be a great success I think. I mean, all signs point to it being a real triumph for Lyric we, an opera that we haven't done in well over 20 years. So I wish you all the best of luck for it thank and you. thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Backstage at Lyric 
the podcast that takes you behind the curtain at Lyric Opera of Chicago. For additional interactive content and to order tickets, visit us online at lyricopera.org. Thank you.